Arizona's news station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. It certainly was one of the biggest stories of last year. For a variety of reasons, the Hacienda healthcare story, where a incapacitated woman was sexually assaulted, raped, and could never have consented and gave birth in a facility where no one knew she was even pregnant. That story. Last week, her family filed a civil lawsuit, and in it, we're learning some more details. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. It was just a matter of time. Fair. And here we are, just about a year just about a year out from that 911 call where the baby is turning blue, the Remember baby that? is turning blue. Yeah, that the family files suit. Mm-hmm. KTIR legal analyst Monica Lindstrom says this. The medical malpractice insurance carriers should just get out their checkbook. Yeah, that, that this is going to cost them a lot. All Woo! right. So the um, the. The civil lawsuit was filed on Christmas Eve. We're getting some details as to what the lawsuit says. Right. And there's some interesting nuggets in here. And I might have a very unpopular opinion on these nuggets, but let's tackle them. We find out that on May 6, 2002. Okay. Whoa, whoa. So 17 years. Because she had been in a incapacitated state for quite some time, obviously. 17 years prior to the, the, the attack the, the, and the, the rape assault. that we know yes. of last December. Well, I mean, the, it happened before then, but the, the birth of the baby last December. We find out in this lawsuit that in 2002, Hacienda Healthcare reported. So this is the healthcare facility reported. Mm-hmm. Five disabled residents may have been sexually abused. They reported that to Phoenix police. Okay, where did Phoenix police go with that? What was the result of that investigation 17 years ago? I don't know. There aren't any details about that, but I think that that's a question that still needs to be asked. So 17 years ago, there was a lawsuit that five disabled residents may have been sexually abused. And this woman, the woman who gave birth last December, is believed to have been one of those victims. It gets worse. In 2002, when this is alleged, this woman, who had been in an incapacitated state since the age of three, she would have been twelve years old, thirteen at the time. Do you see what I'm saying? She would be a teenager at least. Early teens. I don't know when her birthday is. Do you know what I mean? So if you are the family and you're alerted to this, that your teenage daughter, who had been there for about 10 years at that point, had potentially been sexually abused, assaulted, do you keep them in that facility? Yeah, and I think that's where the unpopular opinion may come from. But but let's talk about that a little bit, because the victim's family, after having learned that their loved one is believed to have been a victim of sexual abuse at Hacienda Healthcare back in 2002, they asked that she only be cared for by female staff members. That was the response. Now, here's the thing. 
I'm running this through the filter as a mom. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine what this family has gone through by having a loved one in this incapacitated state, Can't incapacitated state in, in this in this facility. Agreed. But if I learn of this, I didn't. I no longer trust this facility. You have lost all trust in mm-hmm. my book, and if you've lost my trust, there's no getting it back. Especially when it comes to a family member, you hurt them. You're lucky if I don't hurt you. Okay, so at this point, you've lost all trust. To assume that if they, if you give them a request that only a female nurse can attend to your loved one, they weren't even capable of protecting your child against a sexual abuser. What makes you think that they're going to follow your request to have a female nurse only attend to them, which we now know fast forward 17 years led to the rape and birth of a child. I understand. Listen, I think those are, those are solid questions. I have a question, a question that you can't answer that maybe only the family can. What were their options at that yeah. point? And, 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 and I do not and I, know. I can offer grace in that point. I, I have no idea if they were told there are no other facilities in your area. There are no other facilities that offer this level of care. There are no other facilities that you can afford. I, I don't know. I'm not in this family's shoes. Thank goodness. Right. Yeah. And I do have compassion for what they're going through. I'm not trying to be cold and heartless. I'm running it through my own personal filter. And mm-hmm. by doing so, I don't have all that information. This family may not have been in a place to move their loved one. There may not have been a place to move the loved one to. I recognize I don't have all of the details of this story. But that being said, I just get back to that one critical aspect, which is trust. You have lost the trust of any of the family members involved with the five women that Hacienda reported may have been abused sexually to Phoenix police in 2002. When this girl was 13 years old or 14. Yeah. And if you can't protect them from that sexual abuse, what makes you think that they're going to follow a directive to only have a female Nurse, I just, hmm. I wouldn't, I, no, I, said, I wouldn't give them that much credit. Right? Why? Well, because I, I've lost trust. All in of your a sudden, ability. you're going to start doing the right thing. I've lost thing. trust in your ability to protect anybody at that facility at that point. And again, we're learning about all this because of a civil lawsuit that the family of the victim, the woman now, uh, uh, an adult woman who has since the age of three lived in this facility. She has been at Hacienda Healthcare since September of 1992. Now, when you heard KTA, our legal analyst, Monica Lindstrom, say they got to get out their checkbook, the insurance company, that is, that covers Hacienda Healthcare, it's going to cost them big time. Yeah. They're right. Or she's right, rather. And... And why is she right? The state of Arizona had the responsibility to take care of the victim and oversee that the medical care she was given was appropriate and met the standard of care. There's no way that the the level of care that this woman received <laughs> there met any the world, standard right? because biologically there are certain things that women go through when they're pregnant. And I would expect 
expect a healthcare professional to be able to identify that. The fact that this came as a shock to everybody at this facility is an indictment on the type of care that everybody is getting at the facility. And the doctors, the physicians who were overseeing her and her care were named in this as well. The complaint alleges that the doctors involved did not timely and properly treat the victim and review the records to ensure that the treatment given to the victim was appropriate. Duh! Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's duh! There's no argument, right? Oh, my goodness. It's just... The more and more we learned, the more and more disgusted I get. So what's the latest here? There was a nurse that was arrested in connection to the sexual assault. His name is Nathan Sutherland. Mm -hmm. Uh, His DNA came back to match the baby. Right. Pretty solid evidence there. Uh, Yeah, we have a baby Um, as evidence. Exactly. So, And uh, that that case is still going on because uh, good old Nathan there saying, wasn't me. Yeah, good luck with that defense. Seriously, good luck with that defense. Um, Some good news, if you will. The governor's office on highway safety said that for the month of December, DUIs were down in Arizona. And down a pretty significant amount. Is this the Uber effect or is there something else at play? St. James and Pamela Hughes. So I got to go back to, you got to be careful, two years ago, 2018, Pamela, because <laughs> last year was you, that right? Yeah, that's tough. 2018. Okay. In the month of December, the state of Arizona had 537 extreme DUI arrests. Okay. And 2,700 aggravated or misdemeanor DOI arrests. Fast forward to just a few days ago, 2019, and that number dropped and dropped by a lot. My question to you is, are we seeing, what should I call it, the Uber effect? The Uber effect. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So, um, good news. You've got DOI arrests down. I don't think that there are less people who, you know, were out drinking during the holidays, but um, there are less people getting behind the wheel of a car. One of my officer friends just hit me on the. Oh, Facebook. what did he have to say? He heard. He heard. He heard me set this one up. Uh huh. I won't throw you under the buff bus here, officer. He said DOIs are down for a few reasons. Okay. But one is also less cops on the streets to catch them. Call volume yeah. is up. There's not enough time to do all that work. Yeah, you know, uh, so I, I, I don't is the same that. number of people driving impaired. We just aren't catching them. Hey, listen, you know what? There would have to be a pretty comprehensive study to find out exactly why to this compare is. the apples. And but apples. I do think that there are a, a multitude of different factors at play. What that officer brings into the equation, I think that there's some validity to that. Sure, I have to take his word for it. If you're it. not out doing DUI How enforcement, you, you ain't catching them. Or if, you know, you don't have enough officers to respond to the calls that you're getting. I guess for me, when I think of like DUIs, I think of like the DUI task forces where everybody's got to go through kind of thing. Mm-hmm, I know that's mm-hmm. not how they all work, but that's just kind of where my mind goes. So I think that that officer has a point. 
I also think you have a point Ooh. with Uber, the Uber effect, that we know that in certain markets, when Uber first got in there, when I say Uber, I mean all ride share, Any of the throw, ride share throw lift into there as well, that the number of DUI crashes and arrests have gone down. I think people are still drinking. They're just being smarter about how they get home, which is a good thing. How, how many social media posts did you see? I saw people share it over and over again about you know the cost of a funeral, the cost of a DUI, the cost of an Uber home. You yeah, know, the, the, you know, the, the message husband, is getting out there. My husband and I, that's it. We went to uh, we went out on the date night Saturday night. My parents are still in town, so Ooh, they... Yeah, built-in babysitter. All right, they watched all right, Riley. All right. And uh, there were a couple of places we wanted to hit up that we hadn't had the chance to go to yet. So we went to Brickyard and Chandler, which has got amazing food and fantastic cocktails, Talk right? So we had a couple cocktails there. And then we walked over to the Ostrich, which is a speakeasy in Chandler. Really cool place. Again, really great cocktails. And I was drinking more than he was because our agreement when we left, because oh. we always talk about this, wherever a, we go. Is it a Rochambeau thing? Do you no, rock, paper, scissors No, it's kind of like who it? did it last time. Okay, and okay. it's also like, you know, who plans on drinking more? Okay. But we always have a conversation yeah. about who's driving home. So, so what was your conversation Saturday? Chris was driving home. You're like, dude. I'm drinking tonight. Well, there's been a lot going on lately, so uh, you know what? I'm drinking. I might be dying one Deal on, with it. right? So um, I do one while I'm at <laughs> it. Go, why not? So we uh, were we're at the restaurant, and you know he had a cocktail, and I had two. And at that point in time, I'm like, I really want to go check out the speakeasy. And okay. he goes, Well, you can go. And he goes, oh, We'll go, but you can have a cocktail. And I'm like. No, I don't like drinking by myself. It makes me feel a certain way. I said, let's just take an Uber home. And he goes, well, if I have a cocktail, we're taking an Uber home. Now, at this point in time, That's it would have really been... really good for him to... That would have been two cocktails. Right, okay, right, right, two, right. two. two. But I mean, we're talking about like strong cocktails here. This isn't like a gin I'll and tonic kind of it. thing. And you know what? If curly Q straws in a parasails. <laughs> no, he doesn't do the curly Q straws. Okay, he does more of like the uh, round ice cube oh, Manhattan wow. kind of thing. Okay. So, um, yeah, we we just we left the the car in the parking garage and went back the next day. Okay, and it wasn't because anybody was schnocker. No, it was because you know what you were right on that line, and you know what it's Why not. Sa- ch- no, it's not worth it. Uh uh-uh, uh, no. And that's getting. I think a lot of people have gotten that message, and that's a positive. Let's take it. That's a good thing. Because you know what, it is that thing. It is one my safety and your safety are my priority, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the safety of others around us, priority, the uh, the hassle of a DUI. I mean, let's say like nobody gets hurt, you just get pulled over, uh, the hassle of that. I, I drove my friend to the courthouse on more than yeah, one occasion I know you as have, he buddy. dealt with the DUI. I know you have. Yeah. And, but let's say worst case scenario, you know, a lot of people get hurt. It's not worth the $10 Uber ride. No, it's not. But I also think that there's something else at play. Ooh, so you've got the officer... Mm-hmm. Uh, who says there are less officers out we're, there to we're get not, DUIs. We're not policing it as, okay. as well as we were. I think you've got Uber that's having an impact like it has on, on our family. Sure. But I, I also think this, and even though I was trying to tie one on that night, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's something that's becoming less and less of an occurrence for me. Um, there's a movement out there. It's called Sober Curious. You may have heard <laughs> about it. And when I first posted this up on my social media ca- page, dude, the interaction that I got on it was pretty incredible. Sober Curious. Yeah. Sober Curious. What is it? It's a matter of just, you know what, um, drinking less alcohol, being kind of curious, so to speak, is this wellness approach 
to not drinking alcohol. It's not that you need a 12-step program. It's not as though um, you'll never drink again. It's really the idea of it's not so great for you. So you're just kind of taking a couple steps back on it. As more people look towards healthy alternatives and it's, we see that in grocery stores to restaurants right yeah i mean like alcohol is part of that discussion being curious about sobriety this kind of a holistic approach when it comes to drinking and so you're seeing more and more restaurants that will have mocktails so to speak they'll they'll make the same high level drink with the fresh juices and Whoa. the herbs and everything that just doesn't have any alcohol in it Interesting. And I think that you are going to see more of that happen as well. But that is not what you did on Saturday. Not what I did on Saturday. Pamela had uh, just a glass of wine with dinner. What did you have for dinner? Two bottles of wine. Why? (laughs) I drank it. (laughs) Just had some wine with dinner. What was your dinner? More wine. If I... uh, Oh, by the way. Sorry. Kozan. Iran. Iran. Don't call it Iran. Yeah, I ran. I ran to the store. Iran. Or Iran. Iran. If Iran were to retaliate, do the experts think it would be like a physical attack, like military, or a different way to get under our skin? We'll tell you what they're saying. That's coming up next. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. You know, we have an eye towards the Middle East as things continue to uh, escalate. More troops are being sent there as we speak. American troops, Iran threatening different forms of retaliation. We have governments reacting. It's a serious situation. Welcome to 2020, by the way. You say we have governments reacting. We also have the Phoenix Police Department reacting. What is up with that? Yeah, good question. There was a tweet sent out. You want me to read the tweet, Pamela? No, yeah, you have to. I have to read it only because... Well, let me read it and then we'll tell the story. Phoenix Police, three hours ago, tweeted this. There are no known threats locally... But the safety and security of the residents of Phoenix is our number one concern. The Homeland Defense Bureau of the Phoenix PD is in close contact with our local, state, and federal partners regarding events around the world. Hashtag Iran. Hashtag Soleimani. Okay. So we get in this morning, and that tweet's out there. I was like, did you see the tweet from Phoenix PD? And I immediately looked at Super Producer CVC and said, you got to call Phoenix PD. Okay. Why are they sending out that tweet? Get them on the horn. That, that, that's odd to me. Yeah. I would not expect them to be sending out a tweet regarding Iranian affairs or what happened over there unless there's something we don't know. They didn't send out a tweet uh, when the uh, embassy was attacked. Right. So um, I, I was like, OK, so it took us a little while. Right. Yeah. And the news department was working on it. We mm-hmm. as a show were working on it. And we have since received this. The recent information that was sent on Twitter was only to inform the community that we are not aware of any threats and reassure the community that safety and security is our top priority. Okay. The Twitter post was not received as intended. No, no, 
know. I don't expect the Phoenix Police Department to comment on what's going on don't in worry. Iran unless there's something that's happening here. It's the nothing it's to see here, folks. The absence, Please move along. The absence of a tweet would not have alarmed you me. Wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have woken up today going, well, where's or Phoenix, Phoenix PD on, on the Iraq It's the existence yeah. of the tweet. Okay. So guess what? You're not going to be able to go find it because no. the tweet has since been yeah. removed. They deleted, they All right. deleted it. And the reason why I'm going, okay, what do you know that we don't know? Because when <laughs> it comes to the situation in Iran, mm-hmm. and if you're just joining us and you're unaware of what oh. that is, the quick Cliff Notes version of it is we, as the United States, killed their like lead military mm-hmm. dude, and he was in Iraq, and we blew him up. Okay. Well, there's so, narrowed, they really brought that down. Well, okay. you know what? I think that's how people like to digest some of the Middle Eastern affairs, because it gets Peace. a little wonky at this point in time. So, do we really think that, you know, Iran's going to retaliate? We know they're going to retaliate. That's what they do. Uh, But how are they going to retaliate? Mm. Are they going to go into Iraq? Are they going to attack another embassy? Are they going to, you know, hit up, you know, Africa? I don't know. My concern becomes the cyber warfare. Mm -hmm. Because... You know, what happens in Iraq and what happens in Afghanistan and what happens in Africa and all of those things, we are so far removed from. But Iran has some amazing capabilities when it comes to cyber attacks that we all need to be aware of. And that's not just me saying this. That is the former NATO Supreme Allied Commander. What a fabulous title that says that. The one I worry about the most is cyber and their ability. They're quite capable in this realm to launch a significant cyber attack against our financial institutions, our infrastructure, uh, our uh, educational system. They are highly capable in cyber. So look for horizontal escalation here by Iran. Again, that's Admiral Jim Trevitas. Former I prefer, Allied Commander. Well, no, Supreme he's former not NATO Supreme, Supreme Allied Commander. Allied I want to be the Supreme Allied Commander of the show. That sounds you, you, you. Can I do that? You are okay. It. Awesome. Making the point that, however crazy you might think Iran, Iran is. Sorry, I keep saying yeah, Iran. They're not stupid. They know. They can't beat us in a tank war, in an air war, in a naval war. And they have, for at least a decade, been investing in and involved in, and we've traced it back to, cyber warfare. Here's something interesting. So, you know, in in Washington, D.C., they have all these, like, they're called think tanks, Mm -hmm. you know. So there's one out there, and it's called Third Way National Security, okay? And I looked them up, and they're, you know... They, they are exactly what you think they are. Not, but I thought this was an interesting tweet. So this comes from their uh, um, their vice president at a national security think tank. If you're worried about potential Iranian, Iranian reaction to yesterday's strikes, for most Americans, you'll likely be fine. But if you'd like to do something to feel prepared, make sure you have a full tank of gas, keep some cash on hand, and back up all your data. That comes from an, uh, the vice president of a national security think tank. Which it just it gives you a moment of pause because I think where we are right now in, in this technological age is a different kind of war. Well, and everything everything they said in that tweet is 
geared towards a some sort of a cyber attack. Right. Okay. So most cyber security experts, though, will say that our critical infrastructure in the United States, mm-hmm. energy, transportation, water, sewer, food, all that kind of healthcare, communication, they say that it's diverse. It's robust enough to withstand some sophisticated mm. attacks, which, you know what? This is nothing new. This is something that we have been attacked daily by a bunch of different bad actors, whether they be, you know, state run agencies or whether they be, uh, you know, just bad people all over the world and terrorism, terrorism and things along those lines. The United States is attacked regularly. This is not something that's new. But when you're looking at Iran, it, it there are different capabilities there. So what are we talking about here? Now, last September, you may remember there was this uh, random natural gas fire. There were some explosions in Massachusetts, right? It, uh, it, it, it totally devastated dozens of homes. Thousands of people were without gas or heat for months, had to move to hotels and trailers. Cost of all of it, about a billion dollars. It was human error, okay? Be clear, human error. Um, but experts said at the time that a cyber attack could have been able to control the system and fool the pressure sensors, and they would achieve similar results. You start seeing how, like, oh, you yeah. know, imagine you had access to the New York City water system. You could blow every toilet off the seat, man. The, the financial system. ATMs wouldn't work. Banks wouldn't know how much money it, it, they have. It, it, it's a new age. Yeah. It and, is and, a new age, and, again, and I think we need to be aware of Iran that. is very different. As an adversary than a terrorist organization living in caves. Oh, yeah. Capabilities. Money. They're an oil producer. Well, when, when, when you have a lot money, of it. you have a lot of capabilities. Exactly. Yes. You can buy a heck of a lot of it. Oh, man. Can we talk about something later? How about movies? Okay. My, my top Let's five. We did, the, we did the first five. We did yeah. 10 through 6 earlier. Five through 1 coming up next. KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Movies in a minute. Brought to you by Peoria Ford. Ready to serve at 91st Avenue and Bell Road. If you bought anywhere but Peoria Ford, you paid too much. I see movies except for the scary ones, so you don't have to. Uh, We broke this up into two segments. So earlier in the show, we talked about, we're doing my top ten. We did ten through six. Number ten was Two Popes. Number nine, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number eight, Joker. Number seven, The Irishman. Number six, Jojo Rabbit. Are you ready to move forward with the top five, Pam? So now we're going to move to your top five (laughs) movies of 2019. Let's do this one. It's not a documentary on uh, Mr. Rogers. Oh, you just could have just stopped with Mr. Rogers. That came out last year and it was amazing called Won't You Be My Neighbor. Yes. But a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, I would call it a heartwarming story. I got to see this one. About the lessons and, dare I say, the essence of who Fred Rogers was. Basically, this is based on a true story about a reporter who was asked to do a piece about Mr. Rogers and approached it from, there's no way he's as good as they say he is. Was he really as good as he seemed on TV? The movie, again, based on a true story, answers that question, does so in a beautiful way. Number five for me, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with Tom Hanks playing uh, Mr. Rogers. I can't believe I haven't seen this yet. I can't, I can't I'm from, either. I'm from Pittsburgh. Mr. Yeah. Rogers is like an icon and a, oh, yeah. I got I to gotta see him. I got to okay. see uh, At number four, count me as someone who didn't think these words would come out of my mouth. I have an Adam Sandler movie in my top five. I made a crazy risk to gamble. And it's about to pay off. 
So I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. What do you know? I don't know. I just know. Again, just as shocked as you are. That uh, not only did I like an Adam Sandler movie, but I made it into my top five. Credit where credit's due. Adam Sandler is magnificent. This movie keeps you at a heightened state of anxiety for the two full two hours and 15 minutes. He plays a jeweler, a compulsive gambler, and a guy who always just sneaks by. I was worn out at the end of it, but I was thrilled okay. by the journey. So it was exhausting, but it was a good, like, wow, uh, kind of any movie that roller coaster kind of ride. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. Uncut Gems comes in at number four for me. An Adam Sandler movie. Who good old Happy it? Gilmore. Holmberg's head is spinning right now. <laughs> About the last good movie he made before this one, I'd argue. Um, at number three, it's another movie you could watch on Netflix right this minute. Okay, one of those straight to streaming. And it's really, really well done. The movie is called Marriage Story. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson play a couple. A couple who are going through a divorce. Now, I'm going to assume anyone who's been through a divorce, or heck, anyone that's been in any sort of a serious relationship, will identify with the feelings and the emotions. Heck, maybe you've even felt them yourself. Both Johansson and Driver are navigating a couple splitting up. Sometimes they do it well, other times not so much. I think it's a sign of a great movie when you completely forget these are actors. And you can identify deeply with the joy, the pain, and the anger you see on screen. It's called Marriage Story. It came in at number three for me. I loved Marriage Story. I watched it on yeah, Netflix. Okay. Adam Driver is one of my favorite actors He's out phenomenal. there. And I like Scarlett Johansson. My pushback to you on yes. this, I saw Scar- Scarlett Johansson acting. Really? Oh, my goodness. She was acting through this entire movie. Okay. And so that kind of took away some of that willful suspension of disbelief. That, though, didn't take away from this. It was distracting at times for me. But still... Still an amazing movie. Okay, I'm glad you well, I'm glad you liked it. I did. I really right? did. You and I don't always agree on movies. Now, it wouldn't be a year-end list for me. Unless? Without at least one foreign language film. Of course. Okay? You like to read movies. There is that. This year, it's Korean. Oh, great. Now, I will tell you, don't let that scare you off from Parasite. This is a truly original at times funny, at other times disturbing, movie. It is a brutal, naked look at things like class, greed, discrimination, and it has a a variety of bizarre twists along the way that make it worth reading the subtitles. It's called Parasite. It came in number two for me, and it was vying for the top spot. Okay, yeah, you know what? I'm not one that likes to read movies, but (laughs) uh, this is one you have convinced me to do. This is one I'm totally open to, and I'm excited to actually And again, the premise of this movie is a... Poor family, underclass family, manages to worm their way into a rich household one at a time without ever letting the rich household know that they're all members of the same family. I don't want to know anymore. anymore. Okay. All right. So that was number two. What's number one? We are down to number one. We needed more sound effects on this. You think that's what we need? Yeah, I think so. Um, Epic, powerful, and surprisingly intimate is how I would describe 1917. You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion. Yes, sir. They're walking into a trap. 
Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you fail, it will be a massacre. It's set in the trench warfare of World War I. Two young men embarking on a dangerous mission to save their fellow soldiers. But this is so much more than a war movie. I was invested in every step they took. And director Sam Mendes uses these long, seamless, moving shots. No edits, no cuts. It adds to the tension. It adds to the spectacle. And it makes it a very personal, intimate movie. 1917. you got to see it on the big screen. It's amazing. It opens next Friday everywhere. Okay. Next Friday. I haven't heard much about this one. 1917 comes out. Next my Friday. best movie of the year last year, even though technically possible? it's part of their plan. Whose plan? I think they knew how good movie they'd have. So when the nominations come out, you'll be able to go to the theater and see it. It doesn't have to be released last year. It was released in New York and L.A. Oh, God. One week. That whole thing again. We're back to New York and L.A. It comes okay. to Phoenix next, next week. week. Right. Gotcha. Uh, I posted them on the Facebook. It's also up on Twitter if you want to look at my top 10 movies of the year. And uh, fight me, bro. Come at me. Are we at war with <laughs> Iran? <laughs> okay. Not yet. We'll give you the latest coming up next.